So, Kings fans, am I psychic? I just might be. We're going to figure out what happened and why on today's episode of Locked on Los Angeles Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone, my name is Sarah Avampato, host of Locked On Los Angeles Kings, and I'm glad to be here with you as we talk all about your favorite hockey team and mine, the Ontario, no, 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 the Los Angeles Kings. Well, we'll talk about the ring too, but uh, we're talking about the Kings today here on this podcast, which is of course available to you on all of your favorite podcast apps of choice. And while we're here, thank you for making this show your first listen of the day every day. And make sure you come back tomorrow for more Locked on Los Angeles Kings. Uh, But we're here today to talk about that half win to the Rangers. I'm not going to call it a loss. I'm going to call it a half win. We got a point, so it's a half win. Uh, The Kings had a lead, blew it, went to overtime, accomplished nothing, went to the shootout, accomplished a few things, but not enough to win the game. Uh, Rangers walk away with two points. Kings looked like a team playing back-to-back after playing an unexpectedly tough game against the Devils the night before. And so it is what it is. We walked away with one point. Uh, No shame in that. Uh, The Rangers, despite the fact that uh, we have beat them once already this season and kind of had this one in hand for a while today, uh, they are one of the best teams in the league. They're at the top of their division over in the uh, whatever division that is, the Atlantic, the Metropolitan, whatever they are. They're at the top. Uh, they're doing pretty good. They're getting contributions from all guys up and down the lineup, including Chris Kreider, who apparently leads the league in goals. Uh, I didn't know that. That's new information to me. That sounds insane. But Chris Kreider leads the league in goals, so can't be too mad uh, about the fact that he was the one who uh, got the Rangers on the board in the first place. But at the top of the show, I said that I think maybe I'm psychic, and maybe uh, just maybe that's true. So if you missed it, uh, I linked it on Twitter on Monday. Uh, I spent a little time talking to Jesse Cohen from the All the Kings Men podcast and uh, helped him out with his King of the Week segment on the show, uh, where you name a King of the Week, runner-up, honorable mention. And uh, I picked three guys, Quentin Byfield, Blake Lazat, Alex Iafalo. Would you like to know who scored the goals for the Kings? Blake Lazat. Alex, I follow. Would you like to know who scored in the shootout? Aside from Asha Kopitar, who is perfect in every way. Quentin Byfield. Todd McClellan trotted Quentin Byfield out there. He scored a real nice goal on Igor Shosturkin. And uh, so, you know, two of the three players I uh, talked about scored real goals. The third player scored a, you know, half goal. Uh, first time putting a puck in the net in the NHL. Hopefully that kind of opens some floodgates for him. Uh, Byfield had several good chances, especially as the game was going on. Uh, but I'm just saying that those are the three guys who I called out as uh, having really good weeks last week in a pretty crummy week for the Kings. Uh, not a whole lot went right for the Kings last week. So it was a little hard to, for me to to pick three guys who I thought were worthy of honors who had had, you know, excelled in some way. And, but those who, that's who I went with. Byfield, Lazat, I follow. 
all three guys who I thought had made an impact in one way or another. Byfield was my honorable mention, uh, a player who I think we know we will get more from him, we'll see more from him, uh, but right now just seeing him ease his way into contributing at the NHL level has been enough for me, uh, and he eased his way on in by scoring in the shootout. So, I'm just saying, if there's anything else you want me to manifest, like, I don't know, calling Martin Furk up, who has had like 8 billion points in his last two games, had his first AHL hat trick, if you want to, like, manifest that or, you know, anything, um, I'm here for you. Go and tweet at me, at LockedOnLAKings. Let me know what you would like to see me try to speak into existence, because apparently uh, that's, uh, that's working for me. But enough about my uh, perhaps uncanny ability to predict Kings games. I mean, also, by the way, again, it continues to hold true that whenever I make a prediction that the Kings are going to win a game, they blow it. Uh, I feel like the last game that I actually predicted the Kings to win on a show was that Sharks game because I was like, well, it feels sort of wrong to suggest that the Kings will lose to the Sharks. It just feels like I'm betraying something. Uh, so I took a chance, and I said, yeah, the Kings are going to win this one. And guess what? They, like, mega blew it. They, like, looked at Timo Meyer and were like, we're afraid of you. Please have your way with our net. So it, it, the trend continues of me saying the Kings are going to lose and then them being like, ha-ha, lady, prove me wrong. So I, I think I'm just going to I'm gonna stick with what I know. I'm going to stick with what I know, assuming that the Kings are going to find some way to disappoint me and then being delighted when they don't disappoint me. And then, you know, maybe trying to speak it into existence for some players to have uh, some strong performances. So enough about me being psychic, enough about all of that. Uh, we're going to take a look at the win, the half win. See, I like in my soul, I thought the Kings won that game. Uh, we're going we're to take a look at the uh, Kings shootout loss, a.k.a. half win to the Rangers coming up right after this but first let's talk all about bet online because it is a new year that means it is a new time to get involved in sports wagering as pretty much all sports continue their march to the playoffs and beyond bet online is of course the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022 it's a new year they've got a new updated website you can check it out on your phone or on your computer Go and sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKED ON to get started. No matter what sport it is, if it's football, basketball, hockey, boxing, fighting, casino games, whatever, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. That is betonline.ag promo code LOCKED ON. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. So check it out at betonline.ag where the game starts. So we can't talk about the Kings' half-win over the Rangers uh, without talking about uh, what set things off in the first period uh, in a way that could have made this game actually much, much worse than it already is, and that is, once again, Brendan Lemieux uh, getting on the wrong side of the law, so to speak, uh, and getting himself ejected from a game, earning a major penalty, uh, making the Kings kill it. Uh, up until that point in the first period, uh, the Kings were really dominating play Overall, uh, the Rangers in the first period had been limited to like one shot for a really long time. Uh, the first period ended up with shots totaling 11 to 3 in the favor of the Kings, but 
at the end of the first period, the Rangers had the lead uh, off of a power play goal, again, thanks to Brendan Lemieux boarding a guy and getting ejected for it. Now, there's some controversy, let's say, over whether that should have been a major. Uh, immediately on Twitter, a bunch of people jump up with uh, some other video clips of basically identical plays that were penalized as minors, but certainly not majors and certainly not ejections from a game. Uh, and so, I mean, there, there is something to be said for the fact that this was potentially a little bit of a reputation call. Uh, it did get reviewed um, as major penalties like that can be done. Uh, and the call was upheld. Um, I was listening to the radio call of the game at that point, And Daryl Evans uh, calling the game for the Kings uh, on the quote unquote radio uh, was unconvinced, let's say, that this should have been a major penalty. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, play was reviewed, call was upheld. And Brendan Lemieux once again has put his team on the uh, receiving end of a disadvantage. Um, incredibly frustrating because, like I said, the Kings had been dominating that period. Now, were all of those 11 shots in the first period particularly high-quality chances? Definitely not. Uh, Dustin Brown had a really good chance, but that was honestly kind of it. But still, the point remains that it felt very strong that the Kings could have gotten out of that first period uh, either with a goal because they had some momentum before this, or at least scoreless. And so this has been kind of my problem with Brendan Lemieux all along, is that you never know when he is going to turn into bad Brendan Lemieux. Uh, and this can be said for a lot of players, so it's not just him. But you would think that he would be aware that he is, you know, going back to the Rangers, a crowd that probably, a, a team that probably doesn't have a whole ton of a, a love for the former teammate. Uh, he knows that he is a player with a reputation. He knows he's been suspended already this season. Granted, biting someone, I hope, was a one-off occasion. But he, this is a guy who plays with an edge. We know that. That's why the Kings got him. But that edge, you know, it, it's what makes him effective as a player. But the sometimes lack of awareness of where that line is, of when to call it quits, of when to pull up on your hit... Uh, seems to evade him sometimes. And so we find ourselves in a situation again where Lemieux makes a hit that he probably shouldn't have. Uh, and here we are. And it wasn't just, you know, it's, it would be bad enough if you put the Kings on the penalty kill in general. But to have it be a major penalty is like possibly the worst possible outcome. And as well as making your team be shorthanded uh, for the remainder of the game. Now the Kings were lucky that they only got scored on once. It could have been much, much worse, especially considering how good the Rangers' uh, power play is and how absolutely mediocre the Kings' penalty kill is. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, no harm, no foul. Like, things weren't horrible. Uh, the Kings ended up getting a point out of the game. Things didn't get out of control on that kill. But it's sort of what the whole issue with Lemieux has been the whole time, is that he goes on a stretch of playing really effectively. Like... You know, at the top of the show, I talked about how on, I was on the King's Men podcast, and I talked about uh, you know my my picks of the week, and one of those picks of the week was Blake Lazat, who you know when I'm talking about him, I'm like, listen, he is on a line that to me feels very mismatched. Blake Lazat, Brendan Lemieux 
Arthur Callie of three guys I would never have looked at to say, you know what, let's put them together. But the three of them, their different personalities, their different playing styles, have meshed really well together. And having Lemieux on that line um, has been great. Like, I have enjoyed watching that line play, create havoc, you know, make things messy for the other team. And if he could play, you know, like that all the time, uh, you know, we know that he's a guy who's going to take penalties. He draws a lot of penalties, too. Uh, but you do accept that you're going to be on the kill a certain amount of times because of him. But you shouldn't have to accept that you're going to be on the kill for a major penalty for him uh, quite as often, maybe, as we are. And so that's, like, one of, to me, the most frustrating things about him is that you know that in there somewhere is a hockey player who can be effective, who can play within the rules and still make a difference for his team. But too often, that hockey player gets lost. And instead, we have this guy who boards someone in a way that he definitely could have avoided. Um, we, we almost came out on top of that one because uh, the, the player that he boarded, of course, immediately you know, cross, gets up, cross-checks, kind of starts his own thing. Uh, so we could have been in a situation where it would have been four-on-four four at best. Uh, and instead, we had two minutes of four-on-four four play because the other guy took a penalty uh, for retaliating. And then we had three minutes to kill. So, like I said, ultimately, like, the damage wasn't nearly as bad as it could have. The Rangers could have lit us up for, you know, five consecutive minutes, three minutes, if you want to assume that that four-on-four four section was just going to be a, a draw. They could have lit us up. Artemi Panarin could have scored, like, at will because that is generally what he does. I guess, to me... Lemieux is not so valuable that his penchant for putting the team, you know, behind the eight ball or whatever the saying is, is something that I think we should have to always just go along with. I want him to be better. I want him to not do stuff like this. I want him to think about those hits before he makes them because we know how it's going to end up. And he is the guy who the officials are not going to show any leniency towards. So... Again, situation could have ended up worse than it was, uh, but would really love for future Brendan Lemieux to maybe think things through just a little bit before slamming some guy into the boards. A couple more thoughts about this game coming up right after this on Locked on Los Angeles Kings. Wanted to close the show today with a little something to keep an eye on, let's say. Quentin Byfield played in this game his second NHL game of the season. Uh, and if you look at his stat line, uh, obviously the shootout goal doesn't really count for anything except for, like, funsies. Um, if you look at his stat line, uh, he had one shot on goal, won 25% of his face-offs, three seconds of power play time, so that doesn't really count, eight minutes, 32 seconds of overall ice time. I don't know what he's supposed to accomplish in that amount of time. And in that amount of time, especially in the third period, he actually had several good chances he just couldn't get quite on net. If you have Quentin Byfield, you should be using him. Put him on the power play, perhaps. I'm sure there is someone on there right now who doesn't need to be on there. Look at you, Dustin Brown. Just a, just a hunch. If you look at Quentin Byfield's fancy stats, he and Carl Grundstrom in particular, Callie have also jumped up to play with Byfield for a little while. Byfield had one of the highest Corsi scores on this team. Uh, if you remove Brendan Lemieux from the situation from his 3 minutes and 49 seconds of ice time, uh, Quentin Byfield at 80%. Uh, that is higher than, like, you know, basically everyone else on the team. Higher than Dowdy, higher than Kopitar, higher than 
Deneau and Ayafalo. When Byfield was on the ice, the other team had no high danger chances. Uh, the Kings had four high danger chances when Byfield was on the ice. Again, uh, shots for the Kings. The Kings outshot the other team seven to two when Byfield was on the ice. Scoring chances eight to two in favor of the Kings. This is a kid in limited ice time who was already showing what he can do, how he can dominate, how he can help the team. Uh, and he gets rewarded with eight minutes of ice time. Now, obviously, if you've listened to this show before, you know that I have always been someone who kind of preaches patience with players, with young players and prospects. I have no issue necessarily with easing someone like Byfield in to playing in the NHL. But when he was out there, I wasn't seeing a player who was a detriment to his team. I wasn't seeing a player who was making it harder for his team to win. I was seeing a player who was working hard, who was getting chances, and who just needed maybe a little bit more ice time to get kind of the feel for the game under his skates, let's say. And he's, you know, basically an unknown. The other team has no book on him because he's played like eight NHL games total. So... I think this is, it's not something to like throw up alarm bells about yet because Todd McClellan has always kind of done this with young players is really limited, sheltered their ice time in the beginning of their, you know, tenures with the team. Um, you can look at any of our young players and look back at their first handfuls of games with the Kings and see pretty much the same pattern. So it's nothing to like, you know, we don't need to call the pitchforks for this one quite yet, but... In a game where it would have been awesome to come away with two points, it would have been great to see Byfield get a little bit more of a chance to shine. Now, I, I mean, I know this is like complaining. This guy's going to have a long career with the Kings. He is uh, going to be phenomenal for this team once he sort of gets everything all up to speed and, you know, hands and feet and everything all moving together and really coming into a groove with this team. He, he is going to be great for this team. There's no question about it. And so that, that's why I'm okay with being patient. I, if you remember like a while ago, there was that one or two games where Arthur Kaliev got the jump up to the first line and Todd McClellan was like, well, that was a nice experiment. He's not quite ready to be here yet uh, on that first line. Uh, someday maybe, but right now uh, he's probably better served by playing fewer minutes against different competition than... Kopitar is facing. And like, I got that. I'm okay with that. It makes sense. And, you know, for now, uh, Kaliev is kind of thriving in that role on that third line, third, fourth line, whatever you want to call it. I mean, he's not scoring the way we expect Arthur Kaliev to be scoring, but he is being effective. He is making things happen. He is kind of keeping up with the physicality of the game which I know was sort of a little bit of a concern with him was, you know, was he going to kind of shy away from playing that sort of game? Uh, and, and we're seeing that he can play that game. He can, he does have like the speed, the skating uh, to, to play. And so I, I don't, didn't mind his opportunities being a little bit limited as he got used to stuff. Uh, and I, I think that he's not a bottom six player. That is not where he should be ultimately. Uh, but this is his first NHL season, and there's no shame in playing fewer minutes, playing a different role than you will be in the future. Not everyone steps in right away and is like, ha-ha, first line center. So I, I think about what we're seeing with Byfield under that same sort of lens. But again, I think it's something to keep an eye on, because 
for as much as fans get a little bit too precious about prospects sometimes and get a little bit too uh, unwilling to, uh, you know, either like let them be free or are afraid to see them be traded or whatever, I think that sometimes the team is maybe a little too protective as well. Uh, and again, I'm saying this as someone who is protective of the prospects and who does want to give them the proper amount of time to succeed and not just throw them to the wolves. So I think it's something to watch in the future and see how Byfield gets used in different situations. If we have a game coming up where it's a blowout for the Kings, does Byfield get more opportunities because the game is already in hand and we just want to, you know, let him go, have fun. Kings have a three goal lead. Like, let's see what the kid can do. If the game gets out of hand for the Kings in the opposite direction, if they're losing by four goals, does Byfield get thrown out there because he provides a scoring chance for the team or does he get stapled to the bench because the team is afraid of, by the team, I mean, Todd McClellan is afraid of, I don't know, getting another goal scored on them. I, I don't know. Um, so it, it's just something to watch as we get to see more and more of Quentin Byfield. But I was really, really glad to see him get that shootout goal. It was a great shot from him, great read on the play uh, against one of the better goalies in the league, depending on who you ask, uh, you know, top three, top five, top two, who knows. Uh, but it was great to see him get that goal to go in. Uh, like I said, it doesn't count for his stats, but I'm hoping that that shootout goal kind of starts to open the floodgates for Quentin Byfield, and we, got, we start to see him uh, get more scoring chances and get his first NHL goal. And uh, he's going to have some good opportunities to do it uh, coming up this week. The Kings' next game is Thursday against the New York Islanders, who have been struggling mightily this season. Uh, if you want to talk about me being psychic, uh, I got this one totally wrong because I picked the Islanders as my favorite to come out of the East, and the Islanders were like, ha-ha, screw you, lady, we're going to be bad this year. Uh, so that game against the Islanders represents a good chance for the Kings to get back in the win column. Uh, they play the Flyers on Saturday, another good chance uh, for the Kings to come away with a win. Uh, they head to Pittsburgh. Uh, uh, we'll see about that one. Uh, Detroit after that. So they have a few games coming up that provide pretty good opportunities for the Kings to get some points and put a little more distance between them and the rest of the teams in the division as we continue to look at the standings. Right now, where things stand, and in fairness, there are still a couple games going on in the West as I'm uh, recording this, but uh, the outcome of one of them, not in doubt, Calgary currently leads St. Louis 7-1, to so we can assume the Flames are picking up two points there. And then the other game is Colorado and Chicago. Colorado's leading one to nothing. Um, but what happens in that game has no, uh, no meaning whatsoever to us. If we look at the standings right now, uh, Vegas in first with 52 points, Anaheim second with 49, Kings third with 48. Uh, the wildcard spots right now belong to Minnesota with 53 and Dallas with 44. Uh, Calgary is down there with 42 points. Their two points they're going to pick up tonight is going to throw them into a tie with Dallas and San Jose. All those teams have 44 points after this. Uh, I think Calgary should have the tiebreaker because they have the least amount of games played. Uh, so they have more games in hand than uh, the rest of those teams. So if we're looking at the rest of the schedule, obviously we're on an East Coast swing. Any points that we don't pick up don't 
hurt us in the sense that we're giving points to a team below us in the standings. Uh, so this is a great time to pick up points and help put a little bit more of a distance between us and uh, San Jose and Calgary, who are both kind of knocking on the door down there. And <laughs> we're going to pretend that Edmonton is maybe going to accomplish something, but they're not. So, you know, I said earlier last week on the show that this road trip was pretty crucial for the Kings uh, to bank some points, and uh, it still looks that way. So uh, we're going to cross our fingers for Thursday. But again, uh, every time I predict they're going to do good, they don't. So, like, you know, go Islanders, maybe. I don't know. We'll talk more tomorrow about what's going on with the Kings, maybe check in on the Ontario Reign. Um, and, of course, later this week we'll hear what's going on with the Islanders and the Flyers and all those other teams. That is it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, if you have not already done so, make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Follow me on Twitter at Right Said Sarah. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on LA Kings. And uh, make sure you come back for more Kings news here on Locked on Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.